Welcome to another episode of Laying the Foundation. All right, welcome back to another episode of Laying the Foundation podcast. I'm Skyler, uh, more or less your host, I guess. And uh, today I'm here with Lee Buchelman. He is one of our lead K-12 architects. Lee, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Skyler. Absolutely, absolutely. So Lee, um, you gave me this sheet of paper here and it's got it's got our K-12 like education space mission statement on it from us at CMBA Architects. I'm just going to read that real quick. So it's wanting to impact generations of learners we elevate every K-12 project to be safe, sustainable, and healthy spaces that foster student engagement, increase teacher retention, and boast community pride. Now, the reason I want to bring that up is because today we're going to be talking about what healthy spaces means when it comes to these K-12 projects, because obviously we want our kids to be in healthy spaces, right? Where they're learning and, and growing and developing. So I guess, first of all, obviously as a K-12 architect, creating these healthy spaces is important to you. And I'm sure you've done a lot of research and education when it comes to figuring out what that means and how that's achieved. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what that means. What is that? What is a healthy space? What are we looking for there? Right. Well, kind of stepping us back there a little bit, Skylar. Um, at CMBA, we know we we send our all our K-12 staff to conferences. Um, two main conferences that we attend is uh, uh, Ed Spaces, held all over the country, and then A4LE is another one. And what these conferences are, it's architects coming together, educators coming together, superintendents coming together, uh, all those things, uh, furniture designers, researchers, all that good stuff that uh, we come together, spend three, four days together, um, and we talk about trends, what's happening in education, uh, where's education going, or even other issues. And one of those issues... Um, the past few years that's been kind of on the rise, um, not only in education, but all over is obviously uh, mental health yeah. and how that impacts our students. Absolutely. So when we talk about a healthy space, that's really what uh, we're getting into. You know, we're not talking the, well, it all relates, but we're talking more of the mental health, the emotional health um, of our students and how that um, is impacted through architecture. Yeah. So if I, if I were to just kind of quote one of the the researchers that we uh, went to, their definition of uh, a rising kind of area of study yeah. uh, in architecture is this thing called neuroarchitecture. We're kind of we're going to geek out here probably yeah. for a while here. Yeah, give me the um, give me the neuroarchitecture one hundred and one. Neuroarchitecture one hundred and one. Here's the definition <laughs> of that. Yeah, uh, the field of neuroarchitecture. <laughs> it's hard to say. It is. Is about understanding the fundamental ways that our environment shapes our brain behavior and experience and using that knowledge to design spaces that promote health and happiness. It's pretty basic when you break down the, the sure, actual yeah. word of it. Right? Like the way that we are, we're experiencing things is affected by the way that we're kind of interpreting that right. information right. from a, from a brain level. <laughs> so we have this like whole sort of sect of science, I guess you could say, where it's that um, neuro neuroarchitecture, the, the spaces around us. So explain to me a little bit about how we are taking that concept of, of neuroarchitecture and how we're applying that into our K-12 spaces to make them those healthy spaces. What are we looking to achieve, I guess, is probably, probably a good starting point. What kind of uh, emotions or ways of thinking are we trying to achieve uh, by using the science? So one of the one of the big parts of neuroarchitecture, based on obviously what we've what we've learned from these conferences, is uh, it's the reduction of stress in oh, kids. Okay. Really, right? They they've come to learn that um, stress can have a negative impact for 
years on kids. And then when you really step back and look at that and think, well, why is this important? Think about how long kids are in school, eight hours a day from when they're what, five, three, starting at preschool all the way up till 18, 19 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then we, if you're a parent, you know, their kids' brains aren't really fully developed until Mm -hmm. 25. So, um, think about all the impact that school has on the development of our brains. That's right. And if stress has that much impact on our kids, you know, how does the building or the environment that they spend the majority of their childhood, Yeah. how is it designed to lessen that stress? Right. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of research out there um, that can support this, but one thing that we do when we sit down with clients and we've done this with, we do this with all our clients and when we first get started is, what are some of the big goals of your project? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, uh, how do you want this project to look? And a lot of the clients say, well, we want it to be welcoming. Mm -hmm. We want it to be warm. We want it to be fun. We want it to be a place of curiosity, uh, joyful, all those, all those fun, positive emotions. Right. Right. So what neuroarchitecture has really been doing is researching how do we draw out those emotions through design? Um, A lot of times you hear it said like, you know, I don't know what I like, but I know what I don't like. Sure. Right? Oh yeah. You know, That's a good way to you've, start. Had, yeah. You've seen that. So we all know what spaces we don't like being in, mm-hmm. but at times you, there's, spaces that uh, we go into and we sometimes just don't know why we like it right right and that's the that's what neuroarchitecture doing is researching what what is it about a space that um makes us feel good sure based on that definition right so what we've also come to this is where the nerding comes out okay (laughs) so what we've also learned uh through science and honestly that's why i love architecture it's a blend of science and creativity. That's a yes. big reason why I got into architecture because it's kind of fits both my personalities to an sure. extent. So awesome. those emotions that I mentioned earlier about joy and welcoming and warm, well, what we know is the chemicals that get released in our brains when we feel that, yeah. right? They've identified those chemicals. It's like, uh, I'm not going to geek out in, but it's like dopamine, right? Yeah. Those are those are all chemicals and serotonin and endorphins, all things that we've probably heard, right? Yeah. But when we have those emotions, those are the chemicals being released in our brain to give us those emotions. Right. So then neuroscience takes it one farther and they've been studying what is it that releases those chemicals, right? Yeah, what's the trigger that causes the trigger to start? And really it becomes, um, they break it down into these these senses, right? What do we start to sense when we uh, enter a space? What what does that? And they've identified, uh, let's see here, two, four, six, eight, about 11 different senses that when we walk into a space, that's what starts to release those chemicals. Right. Should I just list them off? Go for it. Yeah. So one of them is the sense of self-efficacy, sense of balance, sense of self-worth, sense of purpose, sense of place and belonging, sense of knowing, sense of security, sense of agency, and sense of freedom. Wow. So a lot, a lot of them. I don't know how many. What was that? Eleven? Two, four, six, eight, nine. All right. I was a little off. All right. That's fine. <laughs> nine. But either way, so they've they've learned that uh, when you have that type of sense when you walk into a space, it starts to release those positive right. chemicals, which gives us those emotions. Yes. So that we're yeah, trying to achieve. Right. Yeah. So then you take that one step farther, and this is where architecture starts to come into play. Is okay. What kind of spaces produce those senses? Exactly. Right. So if we choose, if we choose one of the topics, um, one of the senses, let's do self sense of self worth. Okay. And the reason I choose this one is 
This one really, I think, starts to demonstrate it in a current project uh, that I just finished up doing. Oh, uh, working okay. with Dave Broxius and Morgan Driscoll in our office, and um, is the MOC Elementary School. Yes. Okay. And so, just talk a little bit about how we brought sense of self worth out in that school. Absolutely. And if we broke down sense of self worth, it's uh, the individual's perception of their value and importance. Okay. Right. That's probably a pretty decent definition of self worth. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you design a space to promote that? Um, one of them uh, that we did on uh, the MLC school was is this idea of scale. Okay, right? designing a building. It's a big building. Yeah, There's about yeah. a thousand oh, yeah. kids that could be here. Right. I was so gonna say I got to see it. And it's, when a kid yeah. walks up to it, I mean, we're talking this thing is twenty five feet tall. Yes. So how do we break that 25, 30 foot tall building down to their scale? Well, that starts to work its way more inside the building. Okay. And we broke the spaces down inside. We gave nooks and niches, and um, we didn't keep long hallways. We we bent them. We we kind of made it a meandering path, if sure. you will. Um, so really making sure that like when a, when a student's in there, they don't feel like they're necessarily part of a larger school, right? They're in their neighborhoods. They're then when they're in those neighborhoods, they have little, little breakout rooms, gotcha. often classrooms. We have these places out in front of the classrooms that we call the front porch. Oh, they nice. have soft furniture, um, things of that. And it's not all grown up size stuff, right? Okay. It's, it's stuff down to their level. It's things that they can touch, they can participate in. Yeah. But it's even things like to respect their scale as a student is the size of their locker. Yeah. Okay. You know, the size of their toilets. Sure. All those types of things start to play here because what that really starts to do for them is it it makes them feel valued yeah. because it becomes theirs. Yes. It promotes uh, ownership and belonging. Okay. You think of why does a kid want to go to a playground? It's built for them. Yeah, right? absolutely. The school needs to be built for the kids. I think back to a time uh, growing up. Uh, do you remember Book It with Pizza Hut? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? They, they wanted the kids there. They made you feel important, right? Yeah. They hung your stuff up on the wall. They made you do it. But my Pizza Hut growing up, they had a little door next to the big door. Really? Right? So it was like a little three-foot door. Oh, that's fun. And you, fun. you got to go in your own little door as a kid, yeah. right? So you think of that self-worth, like okay. that's my door. That's yes. not my parents' door. That's not my teacher's door. So, so I got my personal pizza for reading 10 books. Exactly. So... That's, that's the kind of idea that we're bringing through, and we do that through the variety of spaces, how we break down furniture and making sure that their desks fit them, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's how self-worth starts to play itself out yeah, um, absolutely. in architecture. And I like what you said about like the distance, like even with just like hallways and stuff, breaking that down so that this is like kind of my neighborhood. This is my classroom right outside. I've got a nook that I can go to um, a lot more personalized, a lot more. Um, and I mean, it kind of stems into the real world, right? Like we all kind of sometimes will get this sensation watching like national news and stuff like that, where we're just this little piece of the puzzle. I'm just this guy out in Iowa and there's crazy big stuff happening in the world that I'm just such a small part of it. Where Whereas we take these spaces and we narrow them down to give the kids that feeling, like you said, of that, this is my space, this is my neighborhood, I have an impact here, or I'm a piece of this, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm a bigger piece, right. you know, because it's, it's sized to me. Right. And then they just have freedom within those spaces, right? Yeah. So what we really talk to those teachers about early on is how do you let kids move around. Yeah. Right. We've, the classrooms are all good size, but we've, we've provided glazing looking right out into the hallways where they can send students. Yeah. So the student doesn't have to just sit at the table anymore. Sure. Right? We've zoned the classrooms to have, teachers are great at zoning their own classrooms. So right. we, we made sure we designed to that too, right? That's 
goes to part of our vision statement of teacher retention. Yeah. How do we design the space to um, make the teachers job even easier. Absolutely. And there's kind of an interesting side of that too, because you guys obviously have to, to some extent, work with the teachers to kind of understand the spaces that you design for them, mm -hmm. I would assume. Yep. Um, and there's, you know, that sit down of like, this is why we designed it this way. And this is what science kind of backs up. Right. And, you know, obviously if the teacher goes in there and they're not using the space the way that you guys designed it, it kind of defeats the purpose to right. some extent. So right. it's important that they understand like, oh, I need to let the kids have that, you know, that movement right. or whatever. I, if I just right. pull tables up and just make them sit at those, you're kind of thrown off the whole, the whole point. And honestly, all the schools that we've worked with, teachers are, they, they go to these same conferences. They do a lot of the same yeah, stuff, yeah. right? They, they know all these best practices for teaching their own students, right? We never pretend to be the teacher. No, right. <laughs> we right. always, like, it's always a matter of working with them and being along for the ride as the teachers sure. envision their spaces. Um, we may push them a little beyond what they maybe originally imagined. Yeah. Um, but that's always a... That's always the fun part of the design process. Right. Absolutely. Then let's just kind of go back to some other things that we did to MOC to make it fit the student, right? Yeah. So another sense would be just this probably place of belonging. And so how did we pull that out um, in the school? Well, again, I go back to the playground concept. Why do kids want to be there? It was designed for them. Yeah. What else though? They're colorful and color kids love color absolutely so one, one exercise we did on moc was uh we gave we gave some kids it was a much smaller group of kids um including some of my own uh because it was the moc was designed during COVID, so we couldn't get in the classrooms right um but we printed out a coloring book look of the building okay all right so it was black and white just like you would see in a coloring book sure um we handed that to kids and we said hey if you could design your own school what would you do? Sure. And what they did, we didn't we didn't prompt them with anything. They had to go get their own colors, marker, whatever they wanted. Right. Well, we had ranges from let's see, at the time it was sixth graders up to or six six year olds up to fifth graders. Okay. Sit down. And while these things, you can just imagine, just scribbled yeah. <laughs> every color of the, of the crayon box on this building. Right, right, right. And so that led to a lot of our inspiration of what do kids want to learn and what do they get excited about? Well, kids thinking color, they're, they're attracted yeah. to color, all this thing. So if you drive up to the MLC building today, yes, this building has an iridescent metal panel on it that changes color depending on how you look at it yes. right? and how, what direction, which sun, the way the sun is, it goes from a, goes from a red to a gold, to a purple, to a green, to a aqua, right? It's yeah, I was gonna it's say kind it's of your really 1970s, cool. uh, Psychedelic. Muscle car, psychedelic car, right? <laughs> yeah. You and I never experienced. So. Right, that's true. But it is pretty, <laughs> so, as somebody that's seen right, it, it is right. really cool and it's a neat effect. And like any angle that you're at will change the, the perception of the building. Right. And it's completely clad in that. So, you know, that just gives them that sense of belonging. Again, this is a fun place. It's already reading from the outside that this is going to be a fun place to oh, be. Oh, absolutely. Right? The color just says it's going to be fun. Yes. And when you get in, it's to their scale, it's to their ownership. And so through those experiences yeah right that starts to release those chemicals that we talked about yeah. right they want to be there and actually at the front of the building well not really the front but as you approach you see the playground right, right. so you instantly start thinking good things yes right we don't bury it and we don't hide it with mechanical units or anything like that right you, you see the fun so the stress chemicals are reduced yes well that's what we hope right that's what right. we're designing exactly. for, that's what we're going for. Um, and so when they're in there um, hopefully the, the stress level of the day 
is is less than what it would have been if it was just back in the day you know it was a hallway with white walls yeah right? absolutely so and there's a lot, a lot of, of color lot of inside too. there's a lot of color inside yeah, yeah. which also kind of goes into that Attention architecture professionals. Are you looking for an employment opportunity that will provide you with a wonderful work culture and a competitive pay rate? Look no further than CMBA Architects. Our firm offers flexible scheduling, a casual dress code, and a great work environment that will help you collaborate and create. Plus, who doesn't love having Fridays off? To learn more about our available positions, visit the careers page at cmbaarchitects.com and apply to join the CMBA team. And then uh, something that I, I kind of picked up, you know, as you're talking about this and then thinking back to when we visited, um, the nooks and things that yep. you talked about, they're all in like shapes. It's not yep. just like, here's a appropriately shaped spot for a person to sit in yep. kind of a thing. It's not like, uh, it's a chair shape yeah, <laughs> or funny, something like that. Funny story during the, during the walkthrough or the open house, Yeah, I was, you know, giving tours and older people would be like, well, what are, what are these things for? Right. Right. <laughs> and the, the fun thing was, is. It, the kids knew exactly. They jumped right in them. Yeah, yeah. Right? They they jumped right in them. They just laid down on these pillows that we had in yep. there, and I was like that. Yes. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. It works. You know, and <laughs> yeah, it worked. It is really cool seeing how like kids just get it. Yeah. And and I guess that really ties into the neuroscience, right? Like right. this is something that they associate with this. It just makes sense because it releases those things in the brain. It says, oh, this is this is a fun spot. I'm gonna go have fun there, or whatever the case. Yep. So yep. that's pretty cool. And I think the the challenge with it is, you know, obviously size is money, right? Sure. But to one thing that we know also through this is density of students is also causes stress. Right? Oh, so absolutely. We, we need to, in order to be successful in some of these ideas, you need to allow things to breathe. Sure. Right? And that's why buildings, schools of today seem that much larger than schools of the past, right? right. Because we have to plan in that movement. We're, we're, we're letting kids move around a lot more. Yeah. You take a project like Sioux Center High School, right? There's a lot of open group and collaboration spaces um, that we could have probably designed out of there and cut 25% of the space. Sure. But it's that type of space that's really bringing that education experience to the next level. Exactly. And those high schoolers um, at Sioux Center will probably be more prepared for college because it's set up more from that learning aspect, right? Absolutely. A lot more independence. Yep. Right. We've talked about that of sense of freedom. Yep. Right. How do we build in that? Yeah, you're 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 safe and secure in this building, mm -hmm. right? From the outside elements, um, and then it's so. How do we give you that freedom right. to still make your own choices? Lunch tables, right? You have your choice where to sit. You can sit in a booth. You can sit at a a cafe type high bar you can sure. sit at the standard cafeteria tables it's like going to a restaurant at, it is going to a restaurant right so <laughs> and that's exciting but just that's giving something. them the choice where they want to sit yeah, for yeah. the day rather than them all being the same so exactly. again sense of freedom a big deal to upper kids you Absolutely. know upper level kids of where obviously we know teenagers are looking to spread their wings right yep. let me be myself and all so my independent give them a little bit more independence sure. in, in the school very cool. Very right. cool. One other thing that I would say, uh, just something that I thought of that I noticed was with the playground back at jumping back to MOC, back to MOC. there was that it's, so it's not like it's just in the ground. 
there's I don't know what it's called. I mean, that rubber that, that, that rubber surface. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Fall and I protection. think that jumps yep. back to that sense of safety, right? Sure. It's like the second I stepped on that, I was like, you oh, felt safe. Yeah. This is <laughs> all right. And I'm like, yeah, I could I could just about just jump in the air right sure. now and just fall sure. back into it. Like it's not quite a trampoline, but it kind of gives that sensation. So I would definitely say that oh, would especially also coming associate. off the concrete, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can feel the squish underneath your exactly. feet. Exactly. Yeah. And it was sure. kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> too. Yeah. Safety, security, that is also, you know, a very growing uh, topic. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys have done yeah, we did topics an episode on that in the past of like how designing school, not schools, prison not prisons. Like yep, yeah, exactly. Um, yep. And that's critical. That's critical talking with students too, is how do we compartmentalize our buildings? Yeah. There's a tension there, right? To, to create these positive emotions, locking down the building behind CMU walls and no windows and openness does not create right? that. So what is that tension? That's exactly. what we have to figure out as architects and um, teachers and admin is, yeah. okay, how open is open and safe, right? right? Safe and secure are kind of two different things. It's true. Right? Prison secure. We want, our, we want our schools to be safe. Right, right. So we want them to have the feeling of safety. That was one of those security. That was one of those senses as well. So yeah. uh, some ways we handle that is, yeah, finding that balance of transparency. Sure. Um but also a thing that we call compartmentalization. And again, that's kind of breaking the building down by scale a little bit. Um, But making sure that if an event happens, that we can section the school off to um, either contain the the threat, whatever it may be, or uh, to put in enough barriers that allows everybody else to escape sure. potentially depending on the, the threat on the or threat, whatever the right? case. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you need to hunker down, right? Yeah, tornadoes, yeah, you tornado. want to hunker down. Yeah, we're in the tornado <laughs> yeah. belt. Yeah, if there's like, a fire, you want to get out. Yeah, uh, if exactly. You know, active shooters and all that kind of stuff, you, depending, some, you know, run, you know, maybe you have to hide. It depends on the situation, yep. right? So creating a building that allows for that variety of um, security measures. Right. And, but a real big thing that neuroarchitecture pushes is if we can get ahead of it on the more of the preventative side, right. if we can create an environment that is a place students want to be, mm-hmm. they are having fun, they yep. feel like they belong. Um, they feel safe. Yeah, they feel safe. Maybe maybe some of the acting out will eventually, over time, years, yeah. that that'll, that'll start to diminish. That's know? a good point. So it's kind of like neuroarchitecture. How do we design a building uh, to be preemptive? Sure. And then also reactive, right? So like we're trying to cure, but then we also obviously need to have the reactive measures, alarms, cameras, yes. compartmentalization, locking doors, right. all those maybe even bullet resistant glass, right? We Unfortunately, we still have to plan for both sides of it, right? right. But that is the balance of that we always work out with districts is we want to be open. Yep. How open is too open? That's right. right. Or how closed off is too closed off? Yeah, um, that's true. I'm always opening things up. That's right. Just, I, <laughs> that's how you design. That's how I design. But um, <laughs> I I do that obviously with knowing that there's a, a tension in there in today's exactly. world. So exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's that that sense of freedom and that sense of security is a fine a yeah. fine line. And you start to see this this concept of neuroarchitecture, uh, a big one out there today. Uh, that people may have heard of is it's called biophilic design. Right. And that's responding and designing to nature, right? Oh, kind of okay. incorporating nature, natural yeah. elements into the building. And I mean, that has a huge play in neuroarchitecture, but it's just kind of another field. That's maybe a podcast for another yeah, day. A whole other, yeah. Biophilic design. Come back next time that's for right. biophilic design. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's the same thing. It's it's how does, how does our brain react to nature 
Yeah. You know, you go outside, you go on nature walks, parks, things like that. Right. That, that obviously is wired in our brains in a certain way. And yes. so that's a whole nother, um, I would say it kind of stems from this a little bit similar, sure. but it doesn't relate. They don't come out and say it's neuroarchitecture. Sure. Or they just, it's just another study. It's another, yeah. It's another area of study, another like deeper sect, I guess yeah. you could say yeah. of the, of the another neuroscience. Way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously there's application when it comes to an act or uh, architectural yep. side, you know, yep. uh, how do we put nature into the classroom? Yep. So, but yeah, definitely, definitely a future episode for sure. Biophilic design. And I think it might've been vaguely referenced before. What else haven't we, I mean, there's a lot we haven't covered. Right. That, that mission statement is a, is a, it's a mouthful of uh, things, right? Exactly. Um, uh, to but, to un, unpack and, and discover for sure. But yeah. what, uh, is there anything I haven't touched on yet that you want to touch on in just the current conversation? Yeah. Well, just to kind of bring it back to the mission statement probably is the reason we even do these um, seminars or these outings to, to learn more. Um, you know, we say that we want to elevate these projects to enhance student engagement, um, teacher retention and to boost, boost community pride. Well, we've, we've learned just through all the schools that we've worked on is those are, those are some key elements that schools struggle with. Sure. Right. They, yeah. they want their students to be engaged because that only means better they're all, they're all trying to raise better humans, right? That's right. I mean, they're yeah. trying to educate our humans. So <laughs> exactly. we need our kids to be engaged and if they're not, so we need to provide spaces that do that. And yeah. that's why we go to these to learn how to make engaging spaces. Well, through those same things, if your students are engaged, um, your teachers are going to want to be there. And if you have happy teachers, they're going to work harder to keep their kids engaged. That's right? right. And then through that, if you've got strong education system, man, you're going to have a strong community. You show me a strong community that doesn't have a strong school. That's right. And they're, they just don't, they go together, right? Strong schools go with strong communities and strong communities go with strong schools. So, um, I feel our mission statement aligns with so many goals of the towns around the area. Um, and then also just our superintendents, like those are, those are things they want it's a big ecosystem. It really is. Like you gotta, you gotta affect it from, it's hard to affect it from like the, the get go, I guess schools, just saying schools and like from what we can do as architects, designing these schools to promote all the different aspects and all the different things that stem off of that within this ecosystem, right. because it's kind of where it starts is the building itself. Cause that's where everybody's at, right? right. All your, your staff and all your kids and everything like that. And then yep. those kids are growing and they're leaving the school with the education. Some of them come back to become the staff of that school right. and so on and so forth. Like it's very repeating ecosystem. So, right. so I don't, I don't know, Skylar, is there a way to, obviously this is not proprietary information to CMBA, right? No, We've yeah. got this. Is there, is there a way to take this white paper and put it as a link in the podcast um, for people that want to know more. Sure. I can, I can try to look into, yeah, I think that should absolutely be possible. Or maybe they can reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I usually kind of like close out with like a whole thing and I, I still will, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> check out if you're, um, if you're listening from like Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever it is that you stream your podcast from, that's not directly from our website, which you can do that there too. Um, but if you're doing it from one of these, uh, third party sources, you should definitely head over to our website and you'll find a page for each podcast episode. And I can definitely get that. Um, this, this whole neuro architecture, um, I, it's a booklet at this point. I'm looking <laughs> at it on the table right now. It is it a is. booklet. It's good stuff though. Yeah. Oh, stuff. absolutely. And yeah, we, as I mean, as long as it's available online, I can get it that link in there. So open, it's all open source because they want to promote better learning environments because they, yeah. 
these people, I can't even say their names, I'll be honest with you. Um, they really believe in healthier environments and how it can impact the future of the kids, but also just our communities. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Who's the, what's the um, organization? Uh, so here? yeah, this is one of the things that, uh, one of the seminars that we go to, it's called Learning Environments. Oh, okay. Association Perfect. for Learning Environments uh, or A4LE. Gotcha. Uh, is another. So they're kind they're of kind of from. the people in charge of yeah, yeah getting this so far like yeah. distribution and I've been watching this develop over the past three years yeah it kind of started out in just some really infancy small stuff and then it, it's kind of really now formed I've watched it formed into this full full yeah. pack and now they've kind of been giving it to us in snippets over the oh, years okay so cool this is. I'm assuming this is probably the final deliverable, but maybe next year there'll be a even more polished and version. Maybe they'll have two know. more senses <laughs> yeah, exactly. that came out to fill in Get the my 11. Menu. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, whatever the case, yeah, absolutely. Uh, be sure to check this out um, if it's something that you're interested in, which I think it really should be. Uh, if you're in any aspect of architecture, have interest in architecture, it's definitely a really cool sort of new science that's kind of stemming out, and I think that's uh, that's really cool to be a part of it, kind of from these growth stages and like learning from the get go is really exciting so definitely be sure to check that out uh no matter where it is that you're listening to just head over to cbaarchitects.com and you'll find a section at the bottom um, about our podcast and you can find the episode in this episode in there and then get the information from that so but whatever the case lee thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate it and of course thank you for listening this has been another episode of laying the foundation Uh, my name is skyler and of course As I mentioned before, if you want to find out more about what we do here at CMBA Architects, you can check out our website, cmbaarchitects.com. See a lot of the projects that we've worked on. You can see pictures from the MOC project and uh, other other projects that Lee's been involved with or other K-12 and and other projects. And of course, be sure to check us out on social media and follow us there, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts from to the Laying the Foundation podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, it's there. And you can definitely follow us from there and not ever miss an episode because we come out with them every two weeks. So you don't want to miss out on all the exciting new information that we share with you. Once again, this has been another episode of Laying the Foundation. I'm Skylar. I'll see you guys next time.